please be advised, all music tracks used in this production are sole property of Kelson Communications and are original compositions. Thank you. To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, uh, host of the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. And today we're going to be highlighting a wonderful organization in Suffolk County, Long Island, New York, called the Sunshine Alternative Education and Prevention Center. This is a wonderful organization that's been doing great things in the community for a long, long time. And so we have, in addition to our co-founder and chief executive director, we have three other guests. And so without any further ado... I'm going to start with our introductions. First, we have with us Dr. Carol Carter. She's the co-founder and chief executive director of the Sunshine Alternative Education and Prevention Center program. She is the 2020 National Association of Social Workers, NASW, New York State Chapter, Public Citizen of the Year. She also, in 2019, was awarded by the Town of Brookhaven a Women's Recognition Award for Outstanding Community Service as a Professional in the Community. Dr. Carter's belief is that prevention should be the first step in the war against drug and alcohol abuse for our children. Carol became a co-founder of Sunshine due to her personal experiences with the effects of alcohol and drug addiction on her family and to be an advocate for children facing these problems. She received her degree as an alcoholism counselor in 1994 and in 2000. Carol earned her CPP, which is a Credential Prevention Professional Certificate, and that is given through OASIS, um, New York State's Office of Alcohol and Substance Abuse Services. After 17 years of schooling part-time so she could concentrate on her business and her family, Carol earned her doctorate degree through Nova Southeastern University with the Concentration in Family Services. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Carter. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Next, we'd like to introduce one of the staff members. His name is Paul Rodriguez. Paul began at Sunshine around 1996, almost at the beginning, as a consultant who ran a dance theater program during the summer prevention programs. And if you put the Looney Tunes theme song to a hip-hop beat playing over a collaboration between Stan Lee of Marvel Comics Chuck Jones of Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies and Theodore Geisel, Dr. Seuss, the delightfully funny, funky, fresh, and globally conscious result would be Rodro Books. Paul Rodriguez, also known as Rodro, is the creative mind behind Rodro Books and Education. He is an award-winning author, illustrator, whose children's books provide a foundation for his arts-infused SEL, which is social-emotional learning programs, and community outreach. His innovative programs unite the common threads of the educational tools such as SEL, executive function, and mindfulness to reach children of all learning styles and abilities. Rodro's community outreach projects range from Sumatra to San Juan, and his work has been featured in shows from New York to New Orleans 
Welcome to the show, Mr. Paul Rodriguez. Hey, Silas. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Next, we have uh, Ms. Kim Hanley. She's an LCSW licensed clinical social worker. She is a parent participant. Kim is the mom of three adult sons who she raised alongside of her husband, Bill, who has worked for 30 years in the field of ID and DD. And starting as a DSP in the undergrad she quickly realized her passion for helping others to reach their full potential. After graduating with her MSW from Stony Brook as a new mom, she has remained at the same agency throughout her career and is now an administrator. Her professional background has helped her advocate for her own children's needs throughout their school career. When her son Nick reached high school and needed support outside of school, a dear friend recommended the Sunshine Center. It was clear to Kim as soon as she walked through their doors with her son for the first time, they were exactly where they needed to be. Welcome to the show, Ms. Kim Hanley. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you. Next, we have Nick Hanley, who is Kim's son, and he's a teen participant. He is the youngest of three brothers. Nick graduated from Sequoia High School in June of 2021 and is now attending Suffolk Community College while studying human services. Nick has struggled with anxiety since he was in elementary school. At times, Nick would have trouble entering the school without the help of his caring teachers and parents. When Nick entered ninth grade, he discovered on the first day of school that the guidance counselor's office was locked as a first day of school policy to avoid students from making schedule changes. This was a place he frequented in junior high school, and the staff had helped him develop coping skills for his anxiety. When he was unable to access the same support, it was hard for Nick to view high school as a positive environment and his anxiety increased. Nick decided to advocate for that policy to be changed. The summer before 10th grade, Nick started as a CIT counseling training at Sunshine and Nick continued to volunteer at Sunshine during the summers and attended weekly teen support groups throughout high school. Nick now works at Sunshine during their summer camps and will continue to support them in the fall when their many groups start up again. Nick is thankful for the staff at Sunshine who have guided him through these last four years and have inspired him to seek a career as a social worker. Welcome to the program, Nick. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want to thank all of you for joining us here on the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. And uh, so we're going to have a discussion about the program, some of its offerings and things that I saw in nature. So I'd like to start with you, Dr. Carol Carter, and just to explain to our listeners how Sunshine got started, please. Well, Sunshine started almost 30 years ago from my own personal experiences. My family was going through struggles with substance use abuse, and I really wanted help for my children and searched on the community level but could not find any type of support or educational program for them. So I ended up finding a program in a local school district that used puppets It was a prevention program, and it used puppets with young children to teach them skills such as self-esteem, making good decisions, peer pressure, and educating about drugs and alcohol. Found out I was able to be trained in that program, and after going through a three-day training, I ended up bringing that program to the community. We would hold the program uh, once a week for children who were at that time living in homes where there was substance use abuse, alcohol, or drug addiction. And the children would come in once a week and get a little support group. They'd get a lesson from the puppets, 
They'd get a little creative activity that reinforced whatever topic we were talking about, and they would be even even able to share a little bit about what might be going on in their family so they didn't feel so alone. And that's really how it began, looking for something for my own children. Who um, And then as the years grew, more and more people found out about us, and we were asked to start different kinds of programs. We were asked to come into school districts, and uh, it just kept growing like that. And again, motivated by my own personal experiences that today still help my own family, but also help many other families. Thank you for sharing that. Just really briefly, you, you mentioned, and it's in a lot of the uh, uh, the written materials that describe the program and how it got started. You mentioned about the the puppet program. Tell our listeners a little bit about what made that such an effective tool, or you know, why did you feel that that was something that you needed to bring into this uh, approach for dealing with the children? Well, for myself, struggling as a young child with with what would have been diagnosed as a learning disability then. I had a hard time sitting still. I had a hard time understanding. So I always knew that utilizing the arts in some form, which was puppets, music, and were all art and all, were all strategies and tools that we could use to help children learn. Instead of just sitting there talking to them, we need to involve them in things. So this specific program was called the BABES program. It stood for Beginning Alcohol and Addictions Basic Education Studies. And back then, again, like 30 years ago, it was an evidence-based program. And um, the puppets all had different character traits. Uh, they, you know, one was a recovering alcoholic that the kids would learn about recovery. One was one of the puppets. They were all animals and one was used a lot of peer pressure to try to get their friends to do things that they may sh- maybe shouldn't do. And it was just this real creative way with six different puppets of using um, their experiences to help others. And we used that program for, for I would say, the first 15, 20 years. And then I, I actually designed uh, my own program as well, which is called uh, Friends from Sunshine Center, which is updated stories that um, with puppets that come to our summer programs and come to our nighttime groups and teach kids, again, you know, all the prevention themes that we try to reinforce here at Sunshine. Okay. All right. All right. Now, uh, speaking of the arts and, and, and using creative expression, uh, that, that brings me to you, uh, Paul, uh, Mr. Rodriguez. Uh, you've got a uh, really interesting uh, approach to helping children. Tell our listeners a little bit about uh, some of the things that you've done, both with the Sunshine Education and Prevention Center and through some of your creative approaches that you've used. Well, going back to when I was doing the dance and theater programs with Carol, I had discovered a kindred spirit, someone who understood and believed in the power of the arts to uh, be a really strong vehicle to help children engage in difficult topics like bullying. And from that time till now, I've been working on developing arts-based programs, mostly through the children's books that I write and illustrate. So much in the same way that Carol uses the puppet, I use my book as a bridge toward conversation. Um, The stories that I write, I try to make them really relatable to kids, and use illustrations that are also engaging and fun 
and create a safe place in the story where kids can begin to discuss a topic like bullying and then relate it to the characters. Once we relate to the characters, hopefully they're comfortable enough to start to share um, their personal experiences. So everything that I do revolves around that concept of finding this fun and engaging way to invite kids into a safe space where they can discuss difficult topics. So the books involved just along those lines. <laughs> the funny thing is that I'm not like a natural writer. My grammar and spelling are horrible. My editors just laugh. You know, they're like, Paul, do you know what a comma is? <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, impo- the important part of it is that um, my strength lies in the stories and the creativity of it and finding a way to relate to the kids. So, you know, all, all of uh, the grammar and stuff becomes secondary to how powerful the stories can be in working with the kids. Mm-hmm. So I write and illustrate um, all of these books with a focus on social-emotional learning, which is also Carol's focus. So working with her in the alternative school right now, there's such a natural crossover, and, and it's really great to have uh, a facility like Sunshine Center where these students have the opportunity to focus on these key aspects of their social-emotional growth that really allow them to be able to engage in learning. So when I'm working independently with Roger Books and doing my programs, um, I focus on elementary age students, but of course a lot of, you know, the skills carry over straight across through the age and developmentally will modify how I may teach or relate to the kids on the skills. But they're essentially the same. Um, everything from relationships to responsible decision-making, social awareness, self-management, it, it, these are the essentials. When the kids can find a way to comfortably develop this core of themselves and ultimately develop their self-value through developing these skills, then it opens them up to learning. So, so many times at the center, right, Kyle, the kids will tell us, you know, that they feel much more comfortable and that they're doing better in school. And um, we're, we're so delighted with that. But for us, it's not a big mystery. For us, we, we understand that we're just in creating that space where they can breathe. And once they can breathe and feel comfortable, um, regardless of their level of ability, cognitively, you know, learning, um, they're going to do better than they were in uh, the other school environment where they were. Very well put. And then that brings me to uh, you, Kim. You are a mom who found the uh, Sunshine Alternative in Education and Prevention Center program when, if I'm understanding correctly, you were seeking some um, some help and some guidance and, and some resources for some of your family members. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you found as a good fit and what was the initial impetus to move you towards seeking help and connecting you with Sunshine? Describe the program in one word. It's just acceptance. Um, it's a place that as soon as you enter, Sunshine was that place. You didn't have to feel the need to explain what your struggles were. They're just so person-centered, and I remember the day so well. As I said, um, 
we were referred from a dear friend who had used the center in the past, and we walked in, and Carter's daughter, Amber, greeted us in a way that immediately made him feel comfortable. Um, and up until this point, Nick was struggling a lot with anxiety. You know, although our school district was always very supportive to us and Nick got the services that he needed, I think part of the reason was because of my background in social work. But I think for parents who don't have that background and maybe don't know what to ask for, you have to go to the school each and every year and fight, in a sense, for services to be continued. Mm-hmm. Always kind of in that mode where, okay, here we go again. I have to convince everybody around the table that these services are still warranted. A place like Sunshine, you don't have to do that. You walk in, um, no matter who you are and what your challenges are. And I think for me as a parent, as I saw my child struggling, um, it helped um, as much as I you know, know how to advocate for him. I knew that he was in good hands. I knew that no matter what he displayed with his anxiety, that he wouldn't be judged and that they were so well-equipped and most importantly, build on his self-esteem. So as a mother and also a clinical social worker, in your opinion, besides walking in and, and, and feeling that it was the right place, what really actually stood out about you know the approach that made you so endeared to, to the Sunshine Center? Well, I think the approach really that stands out is that they combine support with education. Mm. So as they're supporting... They're also teaching skills in a way that the children and the teens may not even be aware of. Mm. So what I saw um, in Nick, in my own experience, was that, you know, he was going each and every day when he was a counselor in training and working with the younger kids. But at the same time, through the arts and crafts and and the puppets and all the visitors that they had, that came in anywhere from, um, you know, just motivational speakers or nutrition. They were always learning something. And as he started to learn all different skills, it just naturally built his own self-esteem because he was being exposed to these other things. So they just have such a nice way and natural way of providing that support while they're educating them. And I think that that is a rare find. And, you know, usually we're focused on one, um, but the way that they you kind of meld those two things together is really quite um, impressive. I agree with that, and um, that's an excellent point that you brought up. So now, Nick, I want to jump over to you. I have to say, you know, you know reading your bio and, and really just going through the Sunshine uh, website, you know, your, your pictures, I see your picture everywhere. You're, you're volunteering. You're helping out. I saw you were one of the uh, guest speakers on the town of Brookhaven uh, TV um, piece that they did on the center. So, um, you know, t- tell our listeners a little bit about what stood out most to you about Sunshine and why has it drawn you in to stay connected with them? Um, I think the piece that really drew me in, it is educating on how to deal with these anxieties and these issues that you might have when you're going through a hard time. And it's important to know that other people are going through the same things that you are, and you're not alone in that. And it's such an accepting place, like my mom was saying, and 
right when we walked in, we knew we loved it. And everyone there is so ready to deal with whatever comes at them. And yeah, I think it's just somewhere that is a great place for anyone that has really any struggles with anxiety or anything like that. When you encounter uh, some of the students that are coming in now and the ones that, that come in during the summer as you were training for your, your, your counselor and training role, what kind of approaches did you use to make them feel comfortable? Well, I think Dr. Carter always teaches us that, you know, just to be kind and just be accepting of them too. And, you know, don't look at what struggles they're going through. Just treat them like you'd treat any other kid. And I think all those kids there come from such different backgrounds, but they're all such great kids and I think it's really, um, I guess, you, you handle every kid the way they need to be handled. And some kids, you need to, like, sit by them and keep reminding them, like, let's try to stay quiet when someone is talking. And some kids are better at paying attention. But it's really all what um, each kid needs. That's great that you're able to see that. Now, I want to give you an opportunity to, to kind of talk about you, you had a really impressive victory when you went to your school in ninth grade. You noticed that the guidance counselor's office was locked uh, to avoid students from making schedule changes. And uh, rather than sit back and be and see yourself as a victim, you decided to stand up and take action on behalf of others. Um, and I understand you were very successful. Tell tell our listeners a little bit about what you did to change a policy, which I think is huge. So on the first day of school, I went to the counseling center to seek help from a school social worker, a school psychologist, when I was anxious about my first day. And when I went to the door, it was locked. That was because they didn't want to deal with students coming up to them for schedule changes, Mm -hmm. but kids that do have anxiety and need that support from uh, their counselors, it's not fair to them. Yes. And I went to meetings with assistant principals and heads of guidance, and I got it to change. And and yeah, it, it is a success, and I'm proud of myself for that and I think that really showed me that this is kind of what I want to do I do want to help people because I never wanted someone else kind of like me that has anxiety to go up to the counseling center and be like oh it's locked and now I'm even more anxious because no one's here for me mm-hmm. and yeah I didn't think that was right and I wanted to make a change Congratulations on uh, taking a stand. And I think that's really, really important based on the fact that, you know, now that you um, decided that you want to um, seek a career as a social worker. And one of of the main tenets of social work, uh, myself being a social worker as well, is to advocate for change, to be a voice for those who, in other words, wouldn't have a voice on their own. So I think that was great that you saw the need and you took action. And again, I think that was a great lesson for you to show you the power 
um, that you have. So so kudos to you for that. And so now I want to just put a question out there and I like, you know, each of you to try to address it from your own viewpoint and, and, and everybody's opinion. And I'm sure some of it's going to be the same and some of it's going to be a little different. Um, what do youth find most beneficial about the wide variety of programs that you offer? And I'll st- I guess I'll start with you, Dr. Carter, and then I'll let each of our other guests, you know, kind of answer it from their point of view. Because I'm sure even though there's a lot of similarities, there are a lot of specific um, differences as well. So, uh, Dr. Carter, what do youth find, in your opinion, most beneficial about the wide variety of programs? So, um, as Nick had said, you know, like we try to address or or treat each child, you know, for their own uniqueness and, um, you know, not compare them to each other. So I think that has been, you know, while it started with children from homes where there was alcoholism or addiction problems, through the years it's grown. And that's what makes us unique. Uh, when we first expanded our programs 1995, around when Paul came on, um, it was for children that were being bullied and those who were bullying children. And we would bring them together. We we use somewhat of a restorative justice strategy, which is well known now. And it's a restorative practices, which bring together those that might be the victim and the offenders. And we would bring these kids together. And we just saw such a change and such a difference when they would be able to communicate with each other and really understand each other. Then, you know, as we continued growing, uh, we would let people know, because people would say, Sunshine Prevention Center, you know, they thought you had to have a problem to come here. Mm. And you don't have to have a problem. Prevention means we're trying to get in front of problems so they don't get big and out of hand. So if we can teach children these skills from a young age, we have a better chance they won't fall into the problems with alcohol or drugs, or if they do, they'll know there's help out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, bullying and, you know, anxiety, depression, all things like that. We run an alternative high school for kids kicked out of the regular school mm. due to issues relating to substance use or violence. And then we have a program for children five years old that teach about Uh, just um, understanding feelings and making good decisions. So the benefit is maybe it's not for every single child, and sometimes people may need a higher level of care than Sunshine does provide because it's not therapy or counseling, but it, it does, it's more of an inclusionary style program. It brings all children and all kids together so they can learn from it and teach each other. So I think that is the the, the most beneficial uh, piece of it is that it can we can all learn from and teach each other. And um, Paul, so you came on initially um, when you first got involved. You were, I believe, the, the, some of the readings I saw said you were you were in a, a consultant uh, with the Sunshine Center, um, and now you're a staff member. So in the time that you've been there, what have you seen as in addition to obviously what your specific area of expertise is other beneficial parts of the program which you've seen children benefit from uh i would definitely pick up on what nick said also it comes down to the individual child it's so important you know my my life growing up i was very fortunate to have you know positive childhood but throughout my family we had a little bit everything 
from drugs to <laughs> verbal abuse to all of the unfortunate things that can happen to kids and families. So, uh, you know, I had this exposure and, and, and I understood it. And um, as I got engaged more and more with this type of work at the center and, uh, and independently, I realized the value of being able to empathize with each of these children individually, to try to meet them where they are in their life experiences. Uh, if you can understand where they've been and what they're going through, it can inform your dialogue with them and just the way that you communicate can help them feel more comfortable. Once you establish that, you're on your way to working with them in so many different areas. So at the center, you walk in the Sunshine Center and you're greeted with positivity and friendliness. Carol is remarkable energy and um, that permeates through. I, I, it's been my experience wherever I've worked that, you know, things go from the top down and Carol sits the stage with her positivity and um, her children, her two daughters who work there also, Amber and Holly, just all of the staff. It, it's something that I think um, we all get, that positivity, um, welcoming kids, appreciating all their positive traits instead of focusing on negative traits, which is usually their experience. All of these things play into uh, like a foundation of uh, the Sunshine Center that really, really makes it possible for the kids who come in to get into this safe, comfortable place that we're talking about, and then from there, be able to open up to all of the growth that we've been talking about. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Uh, Kim, now you're, you're a parent participant, and you've been involved through your children's journey. How do you recruit other parents to get involved? Well, being part of the parent support group every week was such a nice surprise for me how much I got out of it um, to be able to sit in. So what I would tell parents is that you may not think that you need um, the support because you're always in the mindset of trying to help your child. But what you realize when you sit down um, with parents that are going through similar situations with their children there is such a, um, there's a burden sometimes that you carry. Am I doing enough? Did I make the right decision? Um, how is it affecting my family? Am I taking care of everybody? So when you can kind of unload that to a group of people that are in your shoes and have walked a mile in, in your shoes, they know what you mean, um, it, you leave feeling lighter and, and you get the um, validation that you're not alone, that you're doing the best that you can. And besides what you get from just being with the parents, the resources that are offered to us when we have special guest speakers come in um, is resources. So not only are we getting the support from fellow parents, but um, Dr. Carter also makes sure that we have an educational component in the parent group. So we might have people come in um, from different, um, you know, uh, agencies that can help, whether it's access VR or 
how to uh, manage the disability office at the community college. So those are things that as we're preparing our teens and children for the next step, they're also including those resources to help us. So that I would say, um, you know, to come because you're not alone and you need it as much as your child needs the support. All right. Very, very interesting points. And thank you for pointing that out. So Nick, your experience at the Sunshine Prevention Center um, has motivated you to want to now go ahead and pursue a career in social work and you're already at Suffolk in the human services program, which is pretty much the, you know, like the, the first stepping stone to moving on to some of the BSW and MSW uh, programs. What is there a specific area uh, in social work that you, you really see yourself um, gravitating towards or are you kind of open to all the different areas and aspects, especially when it comes to um, children with, you know, anxiety and things of that sort? So is this specific area that you see yourself gravitating towards because of your experience at Sunshine or are you just now a whole new world's opened up to you? I think I'm really open to every aspect of it, but I definitely do lean towards um, the children or the child aspect of um, like mental health and social work. I think addressing the issues that children have at a young age um, helps them understand what they're going through better and to not wait until it's not until it's too late, but until they're an adult and they don't have all the resources they could have had as a child. So yeah, I think that's what interests me the most. Now, um, the Sunshine Alternative uh, Education and Prevention Center has been doing a lot of wonderful work in the community, but I know you always can use more support and more assistance. So um, two things, um, and again, I'll, I'll make this a general question. What kind of ways can volunteers get engaged and what types of support are needed? I'll start with you, um, Dr. Carter, and if anybody would like to you know, add to that. So, so the two things I, w- I want you to address, because part of the purpose of this program is to make your program or programs and agencies and organizations more known to more people so that they know what kind of resources are out there. But also, if there are people who uh, want to get involved and, and try to help, uh, we want this to be a vehicle for that. So how do volunteers get in- engaged and what types of support are needed? Okay. So um, in the way of program support, you know, I I currently have an outreach being scheduled right now where I'm taking two people that I know that are in recovery from drugs and alcohol into a school to speak to students about uh, handling the stress and depression, anxiety, how to cope with that, and... Um, you know, how some of that may lead towards suicide. So I do that in memory of my nephew who I lost by suicide. So um, people can share their story, their hope, strength, and experience. Um, I also have guests that are usually volunteers that come in and might be able to present to students in one of our programs. Um, I also have um, the opportunity to give community service hours for someone that may need hours for something positive along the lines of a a leader program in school, an honor society, a Girl Scout, Boy Scout. I have projects that they do where they can um, earn the hours they need or um, the service hours they need. We also have internship opportunities through some of the colleges, and we have 
other areas to support families in need. We have a blessing box at the center, which is um, located on the street, which is accessed 24-7 that people come and put food in there or they can come and take food out of there. We have a holiday assistance program where we help families for the holidays that may need, you know, like an adopt-a-family program that, that might need help due to issues, maybe job job loss, homelessness, um, or just maybe going through some struggles that will take off some of the stress from the holidays. It might not even be financially that they always in need because a lot of times programs are geared just for those that, you know, financially need it. So um, we have a fall cleanup coming up that I have different agencies and different groups from schools and different families that come and help um, clean, you know, with the property. So if someone reaches out to me and has ideas or wants to get involved, I will meet with them and, and brainstorm to help be a good partnership in whatever way it is to give back. So we're always looking. We're a very small agency. We do a lot of things, though, and we do need the help of the communities. We also take financial donations, yes. which are very important to us, mm-hmm. in, sometimes in memory of a loved one who has passed away. Uh, we have a memorial garden here. So there is a lot. lot I could go all day long talking <laughs> about it. So there's a lot of need here, and there's a lot of ways that they can help if they'd like. And uh, if someone's listening and they want to get in touch and find out more, uh, give a phone number, email, website address, so we can uh, make sure listeners know sure. how to reach out to you. Sure. So the website is www.sunshineprevention.ctr, which is center abbreviated, Dot O-R-G. So sunshineprevention.ctr.org. My email is shine1, which is S-H-I-N-E, the number one, at opt-online.net. Shine1 at optonline.net. Sunshine Center is located in Port Jefferson Station, New York, and the phone number is 631-476-376. Three zero nine nine. Okay, and we'll make sure we get all of that re- restated um, prior to wrapping up. We want to make sure that all our listeners um, have an opportunity to reach out if they are so inclined to do so. Because I know that the uh, the agency, the center, does a lot of really great work. Now, um, Paul, I understand that there's some alumni that uh, that come back that have engage with some of your uh, social emotional learning trainings um, and so I'd like you to tell us a little bit about um, people who have gone through the program and have come back as alumni and, and can reminisce about you know the positive effect that uh, some of those programs that you spearheaded uh, have had on their lives oh, well that, it, that's what makes it all worth it right Kyle <laughs> I mean yeah. when when you invest so much time, energy, love, compassion into doing the type of work that we do, of course, it's, you know, people who are drawn to that and the value in that are the ones that do it. And having the reward at the end of the day isn't necessarily what we're looking for, but it makes it that much more precious when those people do come back and helps to, you know, fuel us to keep doing it more. Um, I've had a, a few kids who have come through, um, but really I've seen more. Um, Nancy 
You know what, Kyle? Say her last name for me. I don't want to say it wrong. Forest Hero. <laughs> Forest Hero. She also works with us at the center. And um, I've seen kids come back to visit with Nancy. And uh, it, it's just remarkable how they've thrived and benefited. And now at an older point in their life where they've matured and gone through some more experiences, they share an understanding that they didn't have when they were younger. And when they come back, often we uh, might be engaged with some of the other kids and all of the stuff that we say as, you know, quote unquote teachers in the school carries just a certain amount of weight. And of course we're sincere and we, we say these things with love, mm-hmm. but when someone they could relate to usually, you know, still in their twenties, not much older, comes in and starts to share and says, listen, I was in your shoes. I thought I knew everything, <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I had to go through what I went through. And now that I'm older, I realize, you're, you know, this is a great place. These people are really helping you. They're going to do their best to help you get through things and, you know, uh, do what they say or, you know, follow what they do. You know, when they share that kind of insight to the kids, it's just amazing how much impact it can have on them and how much it can help us do what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and Kim, um, from where you sit as, you know, being involved in so many different aspects, um, you know, what do you say when, you know, someone is looking for a resource and obviously somebody recommended Sunshine to you and you found to be a, a, a wealth of outstanding um, services and now somebody else is looking either to get services or to get involved you know, um, how do you, what, what's your elevator pitch to get them to, 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 to commit? Because, you know, as we all understand, once you've been through something and you experience the positive values, you, you automatically become a, a, you know, a spokesperson for that organization or that entity. So, um, how do, how do you encourage other parents who were in your shoes and who are in the shoes that you were in to, um, make that, you know, commitment to either bring their child there or to step in and volunteer and help out? So usually um, when I do tell other parents about the center, um, it's usually because they're coming to me saying that they're overwhelmed or that um, they just can't find a place for their child to feel um, like they can be themselves. So obviously the people that know Nick, and have seen such a change in him over these last four years, he's, he's the best kind of spokesperson because they see him. And when they ask, you know, say Nick seems to be doing so great. I say, well, it's because we found sunshine. Um, so that is, you know, he's the perfect kind of um, example of what, what has happened when you find a place that is just right for you and, and a place that accepts you unconditionally. So I would say that, um, don't overthink it. Um, don't worry if you don't feel like your child will fit into what you think the center is about, whatever you've heard, whether it's a prevention center for substance abuse or if people there are on, you know, maybe are on the spectrum. I mean, there's all different types of children and teens that attend. So I would say look past that. Um, and if you're looking for a place for your child to be able to be themselves, 
uh, feel safe. And if you're in need of resources, this is the place, this is the place to be. Mm. Um, and, you know, I will always continue to, you know, let people know about the center. And even if they don't have a child that, you know, necessarily needs um, the center, it's, you know, how can they help? So whether that's with donations um, or volunteering their time. I just think it's a place that will always be part of our family, you know, in the future, wherever Nick ends up in, in his career and his life. It's just made such an impact on us. Um, and it's not only has it affected, you know, Nick himself and also me as his mom, but it also has helped our family unit mm-hmm. um, because the support that Nick has received has really helped healing in our own family. So I would just tell my story. I think mm-hmm. it speaks for itself. Well, that certainly um, it rings true that, you know, you, you become the, the person that's gone through the lived experience becomes the ambassador for the, the help and the assistance. And so um, as we get ready to, you know, c- kind of bring things to a close, okay, um, Nick, if you had 15 seconds, th- okay, I'll give you 30 seconds to give your elevator speech for um, convincing somebody that, the place to be is Sunshine Prevention, Education and Prevention Center. 30 seconds, let me hear your elevator speech. I mean, it's just such a place of acceptance. And I mean, yeah, I feel like everyone really worded it so well. It's just such a great place that everyone just understands you and there's no judgment in whatever you're going through. And I think that's kind of the most important part of healing with whatever you're going through, just knowing that you're going to be accepted and not judged for whatever you're facing right now. That's all I have to say. Okay. You you sold me on that. And then the, the, the last thing, uh, Dr. Carter, uh, last year, um, in the height of the pandemic, you and your staff, uh, came up with the idea um, about the blessings box. I found out about it, you know, reading it through some some of the media feeds that came through onto my feed. Close us out and tell us how that all came about in the midst of a pandemic. And, you know, you got a lot of really positive press. And I know uh, there have been some elected officials that have, have come out and supported. Tell our listeners a little bit about the story about how the blessings box came about because uh, I think it's such an amazing story. So we had people still in need. Uh, we were all told to shut down unless you were, you know, like, uh, I forget what the word was, but Essential. if you didn't see help the community, then, you know, but, you know, we had to shut our schools down. We had to shut everything down, but we found that people still needed food and, and things like that. So someone actually, there is blessing boxes around the country uh, someone from Middle Country School District uh, uh, called me and just said, "Why don't you put one right at your facility?" And when I looked up, you know, there was a, they're all different. They could be real small or they could be bigger. And you know, we have a we're right on a pretty busy road in between two schools. And um, I had someone v- willing to volunteer their time to build it. And it's just like a cabinet out front with has plexiglass so you can see through it. And the sign says. Um, Take what you like, leave what you can, but above above all, be blessed. And um, we found that people were embarrassed to ask for help. Uh, people were embarrassed um, or the food pantries weren't open or were only open at certain times or in the food pantries they could only get 
you know, canned vegetables or something like that. And we were able to get, you know, we have continuous donations coming in. We have fresh fruit in there today. Actually, usually it's, we have anywhere from, I would say, three to 15 people a day that come to it. And it's either taking it out or putting it in. A third of them are putting in things. And, um, you know, people that don't want to ask for help, we have people there from 6 a.m., uh, 3 a.m. in the morning till 3 a.m. at night, you know, at night, um, all hours of the morning and night. And um, we have a, I, you know, I'm able to monitor it, so I kind of know the numbers and all. But, you know, sometimes people just didn't want to go and say, I need something, but they're willing to stop if nobody can see them. You know, mm-hmm. they're willing to take the food. I've been able to meet a lot of people there that just said, thank you know, I was homeless once and didn't have food, and I'm so thankful you have this. And they stop by a couple times a week. People clean it out for us. People are dropping deodorant, dog food, um, other toiletries, uh, you know, school supplies we were putting in there. You know, so it's everything um, that someone may need, you know, Mm -hmm. so... It's been it's been amazing, and it's probably one of the best things that we've been uh, be, been able to do. That you know, still keeps helps so many people, and and more people get to know Sunshine. Then so, oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And I and I and I was thinking about you know how much positive press you know that has come out of it. You know, it was in you know various different publications, and it was online, and it just kind of something just kind of came to mind. And I was thinking about, you know, what a wonderful um, community outreach that is. And, you know, what came to mind is leave what you can, take what you need, but above all else, be blessed indeed. So um, the blessings box is uh, something very, very wonderful for the community. Thank you for doing that. Uh, I want to take time out to thank each and every one of you for being guests on the show. Um, Dr. Carter, you know, I'm, I'm one of your biggest fans um, since forever and you know i really admire all the things that you do in the community um paul is you know amazing about you know what you do and how you're taking time um from um and and your resources to donate it to 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 help others um uh miss kim hanley you know uh, you know fellow social worker you know um always proud to you know to to connect with other social workers that are doing positive things and you know they say you know um you, you always save the best for last and uh nick i'm, I'm really really impressed with you know your journey and what you've done um you're a superstar in the making and like i said you you are the uh the best ambassador for what sunshine alternative education and prevention center means so um thank you all for being a guest i really appreciate it uh one more time dr carter um, if you want to just um, restate the phone number, email address, we want to make sure that people have ample time to hear how they can reach out and help you to continue to be a blessing to so many others. So please, phone number, email address, and website again before we close out. Okay, Sunshine Alternative Education and Prevention Center, 631-476-3099. Email is shine1 at optonline.net. And the website is sunshineprevention.ctr.org. Okay, thank you. Okay, um, in closing, I always like to have my guests uh, leave some type of uh, positive statement that listeners can take with them. So I'm going to go and start with you, Nick. Um, wh- what would you like listeners to take from 
here in this uh, podcast um, that they can maybe um, reflect back on? Well, I think part of what we've all been saying is um, there is acceptance out there and you just have to find your place. And once you find that place, you'll go to your highest potential. Awesome. Paul, closing statement, something positive that Uh, listeners can take with them. Oh, so much into so few words, right? Um, (laughs) Few of the things, (laughs) few of the catchphrases that I use um, are, um, however you are, shine like a star, and the brave you will amaze you. You know, and those, I believe, are sentiments echoed by the center. Um, it's it's like a, a a national treasure. It should be emulated all over Long Island, all over the country. There are other community centers out there that do similar work, but this one in particular, you know, it's special. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Okay, so thank you for that, Kim. Some parting words for our listeners, please. Well, I would just say to all the parents out there that you know your child best, and just keep advocating for them and you will eventually find the one person or one place that will listen to you. Um, and squeak the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So just keep fighting for your child until you find the place where they belong. Okay. And of course, Dr. Carol Carter, you have the last word, leave our listeners with something that they can take with them. Yes, I will leave with our slogan that though life may seem dark and cloudy, remember, but, Behind those clouds, the sun is shining. Okay. And what that means is our life, sometimes it might seem cloudy, like dark out there. We feel le- hopeless. We feel we're all alone. We just have to hold on to that hope. So, okay. um, again, thank you for letting us spread this word. And um, we are there for anyone who may need us. And on that note, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. We've been highlighting the Sunshine Alternative Education and Prevention Center. Uh, and our guests have been today Dr. Carol Carter, CEO, co-founder and chief executive director, Mr. Paul Rodriguez, staff member, Ms. Kim Hanley, LCSW parent participant, and Nick Hanley, team participant. Uh, so thank you all for listening. And this has been a Kelson Communications production. Take care and thank you all. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.